When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Four minutes into the second period, no score between the Bruins and the Rangers. Just one other NHL game tonight. That's the Blues and the Coyotes yet again. That one will start in about an hour. The Oilers' next action, not until Monday when they take on the Winnipeg Jets. Hope you're doing well. Friday night edition of Inside Sports. We are going to party like it's Friday the 12th, which is a new thing I just made up. But seriously, hope you're doing great. Obviously, it's been a bit of a trying week with it being so cold out, though. I I mean, I know we're limited in uh, how we're moving around and interacting, but still pretty tough, uh, pretty tough with the cold weather. If uh, if I know some people have to work outside or if you're working on farms or a ranch, taking care of the land, taking care of your animals, I know it's probably been a little more challenging for you. So hopefully inside sports will make you feel a little warm or give you a little bit of an escape from uh, from some of that stuff. And uh, if you have a long weekend coming up, thanks for starting it here. Thanks for, you can start it here and finish it with the Oilers game on Monday on 6.30 Jets. So all pretty good. So uh, I, I want to I let you know about this, first of all, here. It, it, is, it is an hour away, but it is a pretty big deal, and it is very cool. Matt Callio is going to be on the show tonight. He is an Edmontonian who recently became the first ever Canadian to referee a game in the NBA. Uh, This just happened in the last couple of weeks. First ever Canadian in the entire history of the NBA to referee a game. And Matt is on the show coming up between 7 and 7.30 tonight. So I'm really looking forward to doing that interview. Obviously a great success story. You got to be an elite official to make it all the way to the NBA. So he'll tell us how he did that. Uh, His path uh, through Edmonton high school sports. He went to Emmy Lazert right here in Edmonton where he's been working and how you get the call to the NBA and how then you get to work even more and more games along the way. So I'm really looking forward to having Matt on the show. Okay, so it's the, the Oilers are doing a lot better. Duh. They've won six of their last seven. Really impressive performance last night against the uh, the Montreal Canadiens. They just seemed very steady last night. And even when they went up one nothing, I'm sitting here in my closet-sized office in my house, and Jujar Kara scores to go up one nothing. and you've already seen Mike Smith stop a breakaway, and they seem pretty under control. And there's still, you know, 50 minutes left in the game, and it's only a one-goal lead. And I thought to myself, I don't think they're losing this game. They, they just look very under control, very composed. They're rolling four lines who are all able to be somewhat effective. I, you know, I know they all didn't score, but I thought they all checked pretty well. thought the back checking was good. And then when they needed to be bailed out, Mike Smith did the job. And he's been an incredible story. Just one goal allowed in two games since uh, coming back from the early season injury. So everything's very positive right now. I mean, look, clearly it's going to be an up and down season. Clearly very competitive in the north. But you have to get these points and bank them when you can. 
good job going 4-0 against Ottawa. But in this run, they also beat Toronto. They also beat uh, Montreal. The one lost in the last seven was that one to the Flames. So when the season started, and they started quite poorly, they had the four games at home. And they had a pretty sloppy game against Vancouver. And I, I thought that was it was sloppy both ways, but the Oilers lost. They came back and won the next game. Then they just got throttled by the Canadians 5-1, where it, it was a disaster. I mean, they were beaten in every part of the game. And then had a follow-up game where they played better, but still, you've, you've put yourself in a bit of a hole. And that was the game they lost 3-1. They went 0-7 on the power play and they allowed a shorthanded goal and lost the game 3-1. So after that, you know, we came on and we talked about the plight of the team, and I remember asking the question, who are the Edmonton Oilers? I mean, this is a team that obviously over the last 15 years has has only made the playoffs a couple times, and I guess 14 years, uh, you know, since they went to the Stanley Cup final, and they haven't been very good, and they've had more ways to lose games than, than to win. Though things, you know, were promising at times last year, certainly a pretty good season overall, despite the playoff loss to Chicago. And then they, But then they start this year, and it's just, like I said, it, it's sloppy, and they're finding ways to lose. Well, you know, they're making mental mistakes defending. Koskinen had some shaky games. Uh, the, the special teams are letting them down. Some new players who were brought in to, to help in very specific areas weren't stepping up and delivering. So I asked the question, like, who are the Edmonton Oilers? Like, like what, what is their identity? What are at least a couple things they can do well or have some things to lean on or structure things or belief things that they can lean on and rely on even if they're having a bad game or even if they've lost a couple of games? Maybe you can still watch them and say, well, you know what, they were still at least doing these things. And maybe they got beat by a skilled player, by a bounce, or, you know, still making some mistakes, but but they had that in their game. Because there really wasn't that in their game when they started one and three. I, I think we saw some things start to improve then on that four-game road trip where they went two and two against Toronto and Winnipeg. And then since then, quite a bit better. So I was watching that game last night, and I, I'm, I'm going to get to something here that, quite frankly... <laughs> little tongue-in-cheek here, but quite frankly, I think might alarm some of you when you hear it. But maybe maybe you'll appreciate it. Uh, and, and you know what? Again, feedback welcome, 780-496-0063, because maybe you'll think I'm crazy, or if you have your own take on some of the steps the team's taken in the last couple of weeks, of course, I'm happy to hear them. But I was watching that game last night, and like I said, they, they, they felt in control. They win 3 nothing. They get depth scoring, they get defense scoring, they get a special teams goal, they get the save. And I'm thinking back to the previous game against um, Ottawa, where Costin was, was great, and then the, the first game against Ottawa, where they really took it over in, in the second half of the game. So they, they didn't score a ton, they only got to three goals in each game, but they kept the goals against down. And they were pretty responsible defensively. And when there was a defensive guffaw, the goalie was there. So I'm watching last night and something popped into my head. And this is the thing <laughs> this is the thing you might find alarming and maybe you'll maybe you'll even disagree with it which which is fine. I'd I'd love to hear what you think on this. But I'm watching I'm watching the game last night. See, I'm kind of giggling to myself cuz I'm almost thinking to myself I can't believe I'm going to say this on the radio. But I'm watching the game last night and I thought to myself they look like the Phoenix Coyotes teams that Dave Tippett coached. 
Now, not the bad ones the last two or three years, the tip was the coach there, but, you know, the competitive ones that got into the playoffs or just barely missed the playoffs. One of them went all the way to the the conference final and lost to the Los Angeles Kings in 2012. You know, he did coach a 50-win team there his, his first year at Phoenix. So what were those teams like? Well, they usually had a good goalie, and for a lot of those years, <laughs> that goalie was Mike Smith. They usually had that reputation of being very stingy defensively, having good structure, having you know layers defensively, back-checking, playing tight-checking hockey, not giving up any free chances. Now, the one thing those teams didn't have was the offensive explosions that Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are capable of. I mean, you know, they had Shane Doan, they had Oliver ekman Larson, they had some really good players. They didn't have the overall star power that the Oilers have right now. But that's what popped into my head. Watching that game last night, I thought to myself, the Edmonton Oilers look like the good version, you know, the three or four years, good years that Dave Tippett coached with the Phoenix slash Arizona Coyotes. And, and And what kind of went through my head was, you know, when, when Tip was out there and uh, available because he you know, went a couple years without coaching and the Oilers fired Todd McClellan and Ken Hitchcock took over. And I think we pretty much knew all the time, unless Hitch did something amazing, he wasn't going to be back. And Tip's name was out there as a possible replacement because why wouldn't it be? I mean, he's a very successful coach. He's up over 1,201 games now. He's very experienced. And that was the one reservation I had, and I think some of you had, was would would Tip come in here and drain the life out of the team? And now that I've seen him coach and I've seen how they can play last night, A, I don't think he's drained the life out of the team because I think he empowers the offensive players to make plays, but I think him and Playfair and the rest of the coaches – have, you know, have really wanted to have that, have that defensive responsibility. And it's something, obviously, that the Oilers as a franchise have been craving for a long time. But just with how in control they seemed last night, I was sitting there thinking to myself, this is like the, the good Coyotes teams that Tip coached. I mean, I think throughout his tenure there, it kind of petered out and they lost a lot of the talent and they just really weren't very good his last three seasons there. But he's never come in and told the talented players, I don't want you to do your thing. But he said, but he has said, I want you to do my thing. And watching last night, I thought it was a very good performance by the Oilers in terms of their, their back checking and getting back in the defensive zone and taking away players, taking away sticks and taking away opportunities. And watching the game on TV, and I remember Todd McClellan said this too when he was a coach, sometimes you just watch that standard TV shot I mean, a lot of the game film that coaches will want you watch, they'll have, you know, kind of a wider angle so they can see more of what's going on on the ice. But if you watch that TV frame and when a team is, is back-checking and defending in your own end, just count how many players they have in, in on the screen. And Montreal had some rushes, and sometimes they had rushes where they had, you know, three guys steaming through the neutral zone. But you'd look and be like, well, no, there's actually all five Oilers there. The two defensemen are in position and all the forwards are back and everything's taken away. So it was just something that popped through my head. You know, we'll we'll obviously see how it goes, but some pretty encouraging results lately. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. For the Oilers. 780-496-0063 is how you can time in, uh, chime in. Mike Smith, a huge story. You're going to hear from him when we get back. The carpet guy writes in. He says, hey, Reed, Tyson Berry has been the absolute key. He brings more mojo, jump, passing, skating, offensive intelligence. Nurse has an equal D partner who is helping Nurse reach his potential. Bouchard is a slick-sticked puck mover. And he says the defense is immeasurably better, and it's exciting. Yeah, I think the best defense core that uh, the Oilers have had in a while. And don't forget, Ethan Berry hasn't been playing, and I still think Caleb Jones is is going to contribute. He didn't have a great start to the year. Lagason has played well. I'm sure at some point Caleb Jones is going to be uh, is going to be needed and leaned on, and will probably play better. Cowtown Bob, he says, yes, there is a parallel to the Coyotes, coached by Tippett. Even last night, he expressed happiness that the team scored so little and still won. I found that a little odd, given the offensive power on his team in '97 and '29. But I get his point. You can also call seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Elvis is in the building. Elvis, go ahead, sir. Reed, good to hear from you. Nice listening to you the, the past little while, uh, especially uh, before the show and after the show. I uh, just want to reach out and touch really quickly. I agree with a lot of points that you made. I also think that uh, the boys, uh, and every team needed it, but they needed they needed to have, I think they went through a preseason uh, during the beginning of the season trying to figure out how to play with each other, structure, a lot of new faces like tourists, uh, Barry, and the list goes on and on and on. And I think they're finding their way, and I think we've always had a little bit of a slower starting team and I really like the analogy of Tippett coaching them up to definitely play better defensively because I'm going to say this right now and a lot of Toronto fans are not going to like this. The Toronto Maple Leafs better figure out how to not outrun and gun everybody or they're going to have another exit out of the playoffs early. The way we battled against Ottawa two games the way we battled against uh, uh, Montreal last night fighting pucks earning pucks winning pucks beat having three men back with their three men back like not giving up zones doing the stuff that they were doing having a goaltender doing it this is the recipe for success in the playoffs this is the winning those uh, one nothing two nothing two one three two games that are so crucial that other teams have seemed to fail in the past uh, during the playoffs I'm excited yeah, that's good to hear, Elvis. I appreciate you checking in, buddy. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Yeah, I mean it. It is encouraging, and I, look, they're going to have a slump. They're going to have tough nights, but six of seven is significant. Whether it's Ottawa or not, you still have to beat Ottawa because everybody is. And Winnipeg beat them again last night, and I think that's uh, I think that's four times now for Winnipeg as well that they've beaten Ottawa. The only team that has not played Ottawa is Calgary. So maybe when you look at the the standings and Edmonton, and and you got to remember. 
Edmonton is still fifth when it comes to points percentage. They have more points, but they've played more games, but it's close right now with Edmonton, Calgary, and Winnipeg. So Calgary's trump card right now is that they still haven't played Ottawa. But it's certainly encouraging to see Kara score. Uh, I mean, he has been such a slow starter in, in his career, and he, and he had that good season a couple of years ago, and then you just keep waiting for him to do it again, waiting for him to do it again. And maybe, you know, maybe having no preseason affected the Oilers more than more than other teams. And who knows why that is. But certainly they were pretty sloppy earlier in the season and, and not making a lot of good reads and didn't seem to have a lot of chemistry. Andy texted in about Tyson Berry whose last uh, six or seven games have been really, really good. He's starting to one-time the puck from the point. He's starting to join the rush. He hit the post on a shot yesterday. Now, I still think we're going to need to see more from Kyle Turris. I, I realize Kara Ennis, and Archibald have been pretty good the last couple of games. Gaetan Haas played well when he was in the lineup, which was very briefly. Hopefully, he comes back soon. I still think they're going to need Turris at some point, and hopefully he starts to come on. Uh, because he is a guy who can shoot the puck and, and create offense, and I, and I think they're going to need that. But, you know, it's it's funny because, you know, somebody was was writing in to Robin me after the game last night and saying, well, you like, Dreisaitl did nothing. Like, what a terrible game by Dreisaitl. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, okay first of all, Dreisaitl's line has been the best line five-on-five five over the season. Maybe not last night, but over the course of the season, I think he, he Yamamoto, and Cahoon have been pretty darn good. And isn't it nice to for to sit out there and think maybe Drysdale have had an off night? And oh, and by the way, he still gets an assist on the power play. And oh, by the way, they win the hockey game <laughs> because there have not been a lot of nights the last two years where if it wasn't one of the big three or multiple members of the big three powering the team that they could win. And they were able to do that yesterday. minutes left in the second period Bruins lead the Rangers 1-0 Nick Ritchie with his fifth of the season coming up in about half an hour it's the Blues and the Coyotes tomorrow hockey day in Canada which does not include the Edmonton Oilers they're the one team that doesn't get to play on it the Senators will play the Jets at one in the afternoon Canadians and Leafs at five and then the late one at eight will be the Flames and Canucks. Next Oilers game, home to the Jets, Monday at 7. Our coverage here on 6.30, Chad, will commence at 5.30. Also, the WHL today announcing the first two weeks of the Central Division schedule. So that's going to be uh, the last weekend in February and the first weekend in March. So the Central Division is the, the five Alberta teams. And they're only playing each other for 24 games. They haven't announced uh, how the playoffs might work. So on the 26th, which is a Friday, the uh, Oil Kings are going to be home to Lethbridge. Then they'll be at Lethbridge on the 27th. March 5th, Oil Kings home to Medicine Hat. March 6th at Medicine Hat. So they're all going to be home and homes. And eventually there'll be a, a weekend or two where the Oil Kings do not play. Also... The Western Hockey League has been uh, granted approval 
by public health officials in Saskatchewan to play in a hub centre located in Regina. So the Saskatchewan and Manitoba-based teams will open their seasons on Friday, March 12th. The U.S. division is set to go in March. Uh, we talked to Bob Torrey from the Tri-City Americans on a face-off show last week. So now we are just awaiting the B.C. division. And maybe they won't get going. They haven't said how the Western Hockey League playoffs are going to work. But we do have actual Oil Kings games scheduled, which is encouraging. They should have a good team this year. Talked to uh, Jake Neighbors on the face-off show last night. He's back from being on the St. Louis Blues taxi squad. So really good to uh, hear from him. Can also tell you a little bit of news here from the NFL. Pretty significant. One of the best players over the last decade, J.J. Watt, says he and the Houston Texans have mutually agreed to part ways. He posted a video on social media that he asked for his release. He's a three-time defensive player of the year. 2017 Walter Payton, NFL Man of the Year, had spent his entire career with the Texans. He was taken 11th overall back in 2011. Probably still going to be a very good player wherever he winds up. 780-496-0063. If you would like to get in touch, talk a little bit about your Edmonton Oilers, who have won three straight, six of their last seven after shutting out the Canadians' three-zip last night. Now, you know, there's going to be so many streaks and up and downs this year, and Montreal just beaten everybody out of the gate, and now they've appeared to have uh, dropped off a little bit. So I think I think even Toronto is probably going to drop pack to the pack a, a little bit at some point. Going to be fun to watch, absolutely. So uh, Mike Smith, what a story. Stops 27 of 28 against the Ottawa Senators. The only puck that beat him was off the stick of Adam Larson, back trying to defend a long pass ahead to Dodonoff of the Senators. Larson accidentally shoots it into his own goal. And then last night, 38 saves in a shutout of Montreal. And this is another thing, just to, to build on my point from the last half hour, about maybe this team is looking a little bit like the Coyotes team's tip coached. The shots against, to me, wasn't that alarming last night now it was the previous game in ottawa it was more so when they allowed 42 shots they were outshot 30 to 10 over the last two periods i thought koskinen got tested a little more and ottawa had a lot of zone time now tip did say after that that he he wasn't too concerned about that because he thought he didn't think there were a lot of grade a chances but yeah, I don't know. I thought I thought Ottawa looked pretty dangerous at times in that game, and Edmonton kind of had to hang on, but they got the win. But last night, I'm thinking about the 38 shots. Sure, breakaway early. Smith saved it. Saved it. A couple other chances in tight. He had to make saves, but for the most part, you know those shots weren't overly dangerous. And yet, you have a two nothing lead. You extend it to three, so the other team's going to fire away, put everything on net. So even though there's 38 shots, I didn't look at that game and think to myself, well, this was a poorly defended game where the shot total is high and also the shot caliber is high. I thought for the most part, the shot caliber was pretty much under control for the Oilers. And Smith commented on the team defending. Doing a lot of good things, doing a lot of really good things. I think, you know, the guys have, uh, the guys that have came in, the new guys have obviously taken a few games to get adjusted, and that's, you know, to be expected. But yeah, Tice has been, you know, the best I've I've seen him probably in in some time, and he's really feeling it now, and that's that's good to see. And then the young guys that have came in, Leggy and and Bush have, have played real solid for us. So I think and it goes without saying. I think any any of our D that are in and out of the lineup are capable of being, you know, big parts of this team, and we're going to need everyone. So 
I think it's important that we have guys that can come in and out of the lineup that are that are playing big minutes for us and big roles and accepting that. And uh, you know, that's that's why we're having success right now. Well, and as I mentioned, Ethan Bear isn't playing. Caleb Jones isn't playing. Chris Russell was scratched last night. You know, I think he's going to be probably in and out with Cuckoo. I, I would still put Lagason even in that rotation, though he's done some pretty good things. But when Ethan Bear is ready to go, and it's been a couple of weeks now for him ever since he got hit on the bench with the puck against the Leafs, that was that game the Oilers uh, won in overtime, that he's he's going to be in. So maybe a righty goes over and plays the left side. You know, Barry has said he ha- has done it, though he and Nurse look pretty good. And I, I still think Caleb Jones is is going to be leaned on at some point. I, I think it just stands to reason that at some point, you know, maybe Lagason's play might drop a little bit, might need a night off, guys get banged up. So I still think they're going to need Caleb Jones. So you're putting in players who have some potential and who've already played games in the NHL. And that's why I think it's the best defense core we've seen in a while from the Oilers. Is it, you know, an elite defense core? Okay, maybe not. I mean, Montreal's is still great. But I also think Barry playing better transforms it because he can get the puck up the ice. He can join the rush. He's shooting more on the power play. And I wanted to see Bouchard sooner than when they put him in, but he's been a welcome addition. He passes the puck. He hits guys in stride through the neutral zone. He gets it to the skilled players. He plays calm. And in the offensive zone, we've seen it time and time again. He can get his shot through. And if he has time, he can blast it. He's got a pretty hard shot if he can actually wind up and get it away. And he hasn't been a defensive liability. So from the back end forward, I think that's a big reason why the Oilers have looked a bit better lately too. Smith is interesting. Uh, I mean was in Calgary. The Oilers signed him for a year last year and extremely up and down. Extremely up and down. Like the start of the season to November 2nd, pretty good. After that, until basically in the end of December, terrible. Like 865 save percentage are in that range. And then he goes 12-3-3 in the 2020 part of the schedule and looks really good. Gets the start in the postseason against Chicago, does awful, gets pulled. We go to free agency in October. Tip uh, Holland's looking around for a goalie, looks at Markstrom, eventually, quote-unquote, settles on Smith. I think that's how a lot of you felt. Well, had to bring back somebody. I guess it's Mike Smith. He was here last year. Then he gets hurt. Okay, great. Costin's got to play all these games. Skinner gets thrown in. What's going to happen with the goaltending? And Smith comes back, and uh, and he looks fine so far. I, you know, again, I'm, he's going to have his ups and downs like any other goaltender. Hopefully the split, though, works. But Smith was, uh, you know, asked last night after the game, so so what's the deal here? What's the deal here? You're, you're 38. You're turning 39 next month. You're not supposed to be getting better. And Mike Smith said, what are you talking about? I feel great. Every year I've gone home at the end of the year and, and found out little things that I've, I can improve on. And I'm always looking to, uh, to find ways to get better. And, and that's every day included. So I think until I lose that drive to uh, to want to be better, to want to you know, play a long time in this league, then uh, you know, I'll keep playing and keep doing what I can to help this team win. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the interesting thing. We, we, the, the perceptions that fans and media might have of athletes is different than what's going on in their minds. You know, we, we might look at it and say, okay, that's the age. 
That's the age he's supposed to be done. Oh, he wasn't great at times last year. How old is he? Oh, yeah, he's not bouncing back. Mike Smith is planning on playing as long as he wants. I mean, he's not Tom Brady, but look look at Tom Brady. He's not letting age slow him down. He wants to play till he's till he's 45. So I, I thought that was an interesting answer by Smith. An- another thing I want to let you know about here, and uh, you, you can get more on this person if you want to go to the site alphahockey.ca. There is a, a gentleman by the name of Adam Francilia, who, well, I'll read you the first sentence of his bio uh, from Alpha Hockey. Adam Francilia created this program out of a strong desire to assist professional and elite level athletes become their best. Mike Smith talks about working with Adam Francilia in the offseason. You know what? Every year I'm trying to get better. And, and I was fortunate to meet up with Adam this summer. Um, spent a lot of quality time with him and, and really kind of dialed in a few things that, uh, you know, that he really stresses. So I'm not going to get into details with it. I'm going to keep that uh, between me and Adam. But, um, you know, not just Adam, but, I mean, I've, I've worked with, and they know people know who they are. I've worked with multiple people that have all given me great advice or great help on and off the ice. And uh, he put me in a position to be successful. And um, that's all I wanted to come into the season and to be mentally and physically prepared and then just go and play and uh you know you know that's that's enough about me to be honest i think our team played it so much better our groups really gelled here to the last three and and uh, we're getting success because of it so i think that's the main thing all right like that for mike smith uh, we're doing good i worked with this guy not going to tell you exactly what i did and by the way enough about me let's <laughs> get stuff there from smith rockets on the line here for a quick one rocket go ahead buddy Reed, uh, I sent it a text message. I don't think you got it yet because I didn't get a response back that you got it. So I'm going to read it as I typed it. Uh, Reed, respectfully, of course, I completely disagree. Smith stopped pucks in close from the outside, gobbled up rebounds. If he had any in that game, he was the reason the Oilers beat Montreal, period, end of story. Wasn't Oilers D getting better, wasn't anything else. He handled the puck in the last two games as good as any D or forwards do, for that matter. And his paddle is much bigger with two different gloves. I love it. Rock it. (laughs) All right. You don't think that you don't think the D core is playing a little better though than earlier in the season because I do. I, and I yeah, think the I, forwards I, are back checking better. I, I, I definitely I definitely do, but but uh, you know when you get a shutout, you steal a game. End of story. All right, fair enough. Thanks, Rocket. Appreciate it, man. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice. Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. That is Rocket at 7804960063646. Gonna take a quick time out here.
Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. After the 7 o'clock news, we're going to talk to Matt Callio, who is from Edmonton and recently became the first Canadian ever to referee in an NBA game. Awesome story. We'll have him on the show. Jeff Merrick will check in a little bit later on from the NHL on Sportsnet and the 31 Thoughts podcast. He's always fun to chat with. And we will play Name the Animal, Valentine's Edition. That's what I told Kellen. It's Name the Animal, Valentine's Edition. We'll see how he interprets that later on tonight. My whole week now revolves around Name the Animal, What I Life I Lead. Okay. Next Oilers broadcast is Monday. 5.30 face-off show game at 7 against the Jets. Colton writes in. Colton often has a clever text. He says, Mike Smith should be like uh, Mike Smith should be like Burns and have a cameo in Vikings. He would fit right in, LOL. That's funny. Uh, well, Colton, I assume you know who is in Vikings. Uh, Edmonton's uh, Eric Johnson, who's been on this show several times is playing Eric the red in, I think it's still, I, I, I watched a couple episodes. Eric was in, um, Eric, Eric now lives in Toronto, but he grew up here. He was in the last two 50 shades movies. He was in rookie blue. He was in the Nick. He's been in a whole bunch of stuff and he played Eric the red in the last season and a little bit in the previous season of the Vikings. But he, like, the interesting thing is he shot this in Ireland a couple of years ago and it's just going to air now. So it just shows you how production works in, uh, in television. So Colton, tell me how you like that show. I am not uh, up to date, but if you, anybody who watches Vikings, the actor who plays Eric the Red is Eric Johnson from Edmonton, who's uh, who's been on this show for sure. Colton said he did know that, so I appreciate that. I want to just touch on something here, and this is the week that the Double E football team uh, has its survey on its website, which is still esks.com, where you can rank the uh, the team names. And I'll get to the phone call in a second here. I know someone just called in. Dave Breckenridge, who is uh, with Post Media, did a very informal Twitter poll of his own, putting out the seven finalists. And he says he got 786 votes. And I was very surprised to see. Now, look, this is Twitter, which is not real life. And what is real life, really? But Elk Hounds came in number one in his poll with 40.9% which to me is shocking because I had not heard a lot of Elk Hound's suggestions. I don't know if that's going to be the team name. I still think it's going to be Elk. I like Elk. I think it has a historical connection. I think there are a lot of things you can do with it marketing-wise. It's easy to say. It's easy to remember. And uh, I think you can have some fun with it as well. The one thing I will say about Elk Hound's, is that you have to remember how they could possibly use that name for marketing. And I think the team would eventually be known as the Hounds. You know, like how with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, a lot of times we just call them the Riders. I think if the team was the Elk Hounds, you wind up calling them the Hounds a lot. And for marketing, you could release the Hounds and do things like that. Or you have, I know Cleveland has the dog pound, but you could do other stuff like that for the fans and things. So that's why I'm not totally ruling out elk hounds because I think there, there, there might be some interesting marketing things there. Anyway, we'll see how that goes. I found it interesting that Dave got those results. Kelly is on the line here before we go to the news. Go ahead, Kelly. Hey, Kelly. I just want to say, let's go Eagles, Edmonton Eagles. There, I hit that one off. 
But uh, as far as the season, I knew the first 10 games were going to be like preseason. So you win some, you lose some. But the second set of 10 games was going to, you're going to see what the team is really like. And so far, the second set of 10 were five and one. And that's the thing. The team is gelling. The team has that chemistry. The goaltenders as well. So I discount the first 10 games of the season, even though they they count in the final. But let me see. Montreal was lights out in that first 10. The second 10, they come down to earth. That's okay, appreciate it, Kelly. You have a happy day, and I'm having a happy day too. Woohoo! I'm glad to hear that. Thanks a lot for calling, Kelly. Appreciate your energy and appreciate your thoughts for sure. 780 496 0063. Okay, uh, again, that schedule for the Edmonton Oil Kings, the, it was released today. The five Alberta teams will play in the Central Division this year so it's the same division except they had swift current in it last year they're going to go with the saskatchewan and manitoba teams the oil kings home opener will be the 26th against lethbridge then they'll play at lethbridge on the 27th march 5th oil kings home to the tigers and then at medicine hat on the 6th so it's going to be home and homes they didn't release the full schedule 24 games for each team they just put out the opening two weekends and the saskatchewan and manitoba teams are going to play in a hub in regina starting in about a month all right we got to do the news. Looking forward to this one coming up. Matt Calio, Edmontonian, first Canadian ever to ref in the NBA. Great story. He'll tell it when we get back. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.